I am Clarissa. Good afternoon. It is coffee with me and my friends Leslie Tan and Ang Cheng Meng, who represent half of uh, Tang Quartet. Right, Tang. Yes. Right. Hi. Yep. Hi. <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> nice. It's nice to have you. I mean, we have lots and lots of conversations casually about music and whatever, but we've never actually brought you on the show and talked. Seriously, you can't do that, right? We can. We can. We've never been invited to Money FM. It's like it's. You know, I was wondering why. Money well, FM. because music professional musicians need money as well. We do that. Yeah, you know, I think true. a lot of people forget that we actually still need to eat, live, have a car, do things like that. You, you know, they think... Isn't love enough? Love no, of music? love, sunshine, fresh air, <laughs> That's right? That's what they all say, right? They, oh, they actually, so nice. that, that is actually a problem. I mean, one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about is how difficult is it to put on a concert? How difficult is it to go out there and get sponsorship for your concerts? Which, of course, we all need. How difficult is it? It is very difficult, particularly for classical music. And, really? And if you're a smaller operator like us, you're up against the big name like SSO. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a big orchestra, you have the glamour. Or sure. with a ballet, you have the glamour that sure. we cannot provide. You see, we are the we're very niche. A string quartet is very niche. So it becomes more difficult. But over the years, you have built a name for yourselves. You really are un- undoubtedly some of Singapore's best classical musicians. You are world-class musicians, as far uh, as I'm concerned. 25 years, long time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we worked very hard yeah. to get there. But, yes. but it, the fact still remains that it's not, not, not very easy because our audience is a very niche audience. And, and, and anyway, not just, not just with the quartet, but with any sort of a classical um, act, um, I think we just don't have um, the critical mass. Yeah. Right. But you do have the snob appeal. It is classical music. That's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Because it's not grunge music, it's not garage music, it's not alternative rock. This is the music people assume that your audience is more educated, they're more well-traveled. And at that point, they should be able to happily come out and sponsor you, banks, insurance companies, etc., and then your audience would also be quite well healed, quite well-traveled there. Actually, that was, that was true, um, perhaps... Um 10, 15 10, years 15, ago. I yeah. say 15 years yeah. ago, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, because since um, since eight years ago, we've had uh, all this, we've left it. When, when we started, we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We would knock on doors of companies and then we would like, you know, beg for money. And then <laughs> they're like, okay, we'll, we'll you know, spend spare, some spare change. Um, and then so eight years ago, we had management that, that took over this part sure. of it. And it's... Anecdotally, anecdotally, or whatever, uh, it seems like it's getting more and more difficult. And, yeah, I, and think you, I think even SSO lots of, yeah. Esplanade, they're struggling with lots of lots of events. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is a great thing for Singapore. Maybe because there's the yeah. same amount of money and more yes. people tapping That's into right. the people who would want to sponsor. That's right. When yeah. you were the Tang and and you were pretty much it. Yes. Then maybe yeah. that, when we started off, it. there was SSO. There was us. And that and was that, and that, that was, was it. it. That <laughs> was it. <laughs> so we ruled the rules. It was fun, you know. Yeah, it was easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had banks and and and, yeah. and even uh, like Starhub and yeah. sure. I mean, we're very grateful for it. Yeah. I mean, and 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 in some ways, we're very fortunate that we we enjoy the support of the National Arts Council. Yeah. Of course, and they they, they uh, give us quite and a rightly lot. so, I might add. Yes, yes. I mean, we're we're thankful and we're lucky, and so um uh so in terms of. Donations and and stuff. We are trying. We're gonna we do. We're gonna have a donation drive this year. Actually, mm-hmm. interestingly, I mean, now that you ask us about it, because we've never done it, 
So we're going to have a, uh, a charity dinner and where, where we, we, have, we hope to have some sponsors come in. And, and but perhaps people don't understand why you need the sponsorship. Um, professional musicians, when you look at a professional musician, you look at, a, I just played him, Yo-Yo Ma. He mm-hmm. earns millions. He goes around doing these amazing mm-hmm. concerts and, and, you know, endorsing things. And right. his name brand is worth millions. Yes. So if, if a local person looks at that, there is a, do you find with you guys, there is a certain assumption that you must be equally well off and you don't need sponsorship. Maybe you need to explain a little bit yes. uh, why sponsorship is so important to a professional working musician in Singapore. In America, I mean, if you make it big, you know, you make it really big. Sure. Yeah? In Singapore, the, the pie is small. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you're an Olympic champion in, in America and then they have your photo on all the Weetabix, uh, you know, all yeah. the it's breakfast cereals. Yeah. yeah, it's worth millions. I mean, yes. But in Singapore, I mean, we what, how many companies do we have that, that are willing to, you know, put your name on, on their um, website or something, you know, that... And how many concerts Europe can is, you do a year? Yes, that's right. And so, mm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of a chicken and an egg thing. I would love to come to your concert, but if your tickets are too expensive, mm-hmm. I won't pay. Yeah. And do you find from 25 years ago to now, there is still a bias of their local musicians, I shouldn't have to pay as much for their tickets as, say, a, a Bulgarian jealous. Yeah, there is that bias. I mean, unfortunately, that bias, I think, exists um, in a lot of places, not just Singapore, but okay. it's particularly bad in Singapore because you feel it. It's a smaller place and you feel it very, very keenly. Uh, keenly. And yeah. um, well, in all fairness, you know, people people hear of you, they hear your name, they can hear you on radio all mm-hmm. the time or whatever, you know, then, then they think, oh, no need to go and see their concert. <laughs> but if a foreigner comes, then it's a foreign act. It's like, oh, it's once a lifetime sort so of thing. So you're saying accessibility is also a bit of a problem. Yeah, Because I think you so. are accessible and therefore, mm. what well, is not special enough. But when you travel, because you also perform yes. outside of Singapore, do you find those same biases? Oh, it's a Singaporean quartet. They can't be very good. They don't know who they are. Or are you more welcomed? Actually, I think we are more welcomed. We are more welcomed, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. To me, yeah. personally, I, I just think that uh, to them, they're, they're curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe it's the wrong sort of attention. I don't know, but mm-hmm. the, the people are, are very curious. Oh, from Singapore? You think they can play music? Yeah. Let's they go and see them. Trees. <laughs> <laughs> don't climb trees. <laughs> Actually, we've been... Wow. You get that impression sometimes. No, know? but we are, we've always been very welcome overseas. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, for overseas concerts, we don't... Um, have to worry about raising funds for a concert, you see. Sure. But when we do our own concerts in Singapore, we present ourselves. And so I think it's important to let people, the audience, the public know that for every concert that we put, let's say we prepare a concert and it takes us a month or two months. Sometimes it takes more. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just say we do you know, two, one concert in two months. Mm-hmm. That two months, we don't get paid. Sure. You're rehearsing, you're practicing, whatever, you don't get paid. And then the concert, when you... You have to raise funds for the concert. Now, well, you if still have to live. You yes, still have that's to right. Eat. But so therefore, therefore, sometimes right. when the you know for for concert, um, uh, the, someone comes in with a, a sponsorship of, of let's say ten thousand dollars for mm-hmm. a concert. That's not a lot of money when you divide by four people yep. over two months. Mm-hmm. It works out to be you know nothing. That's two meals a day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think I think the public needs to understand that mm-hmm. um, it's not just for musicians, but sports people as well. You train. You don't get paid for training. You know. And considering the fact that you've been together for a very long time, you guys went to school together to study, to play yeah, as a quartet. Yeah. So how far back is this relationship? How far back does it go? Oh, 
um, the two violinists, Yuying and I, mm-hmm. we go since uh, we're young, like seven years old. You guys were in school together? No, we had the same violin teacher. You had the same and violin teacher. And then, of course, teacher. Lionel. Lionel, my brother, so, you know. <laughs> You've known him thought, a yeah. while. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went, went to America in 1997 together, mm-hmm. four of us. The four we of you, yes. We spent two years there and then, you know, we started, we started be, to become really profe- become profe- officially professional Music after we graduated. Scene, yeah. mm-hmm. Music scene is very small in Singapore. So we, I've known Leslie since, like, I was uh, maybe 13 or 14. I mean, Well, I've known you guys for almost yes, 20 years right. now, that's right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So and when we've life. worked together on yes. a number of collaborations yeah. over the years, it's amazing because I'm looking at you guys. Leslie's now grey. That didn't used to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more distinguished. Okay. <laughs> Salt and pepper, more mm-hmm. distinguished. Yes, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm actually wondering in the back of my mind what the two of you are seeing, you know, re- in reverse. It's like I see Leslie's grey, I see Yu Ying's wrinkled. You don't tell me what you see, okay? The two of you don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> now, over the years, I've actually seen a, a huge difference in the attitudes towards local music. Some, to some extent, I actually feel um, it's easier for me to be a professional singer now than it was mm-hmm. 30 years ago when I started. There's less of an attitude of, well, if you're a singer, you're stupid and yeah. you didn't do well in school and yeah. therefore this is all you can do. Yes. Because there is an attitude of um, it does take effort and application and dedication to be competent as good as you are. So that part's easy. Mm-hmm. And it's also becoming more viable with the support the government's giving us, all of us as artists, to consider it as a professional career. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a bunch of CEOs and MDs of banks, etc., whose kids are talented and young, and they ask me, should they encourage their children to be professional musicians? I'm asking you, should they encourage their children to be professional musicians? Yeah, Would you why, encourage yeah, your children to be not? professional musicians? I mean, I think as, as long as you let them know that it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, if you're good, if you're very good, and if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you'll make it. If you're not, you'll be happy. <laughs> What is there to lose? I, I would I would encourage my children to to do whatever they love. Yeah, I think, I think if if music is what they really love and mm-hmm. they want to make it a career, and mm-hmm. and I'll be fully supportive. I, I you know I won't push them towards it, but I mean like you know if 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 they're talented, if they so you're not it, a tiger mom lah. No, I mean like it, you have to love what you do. I mean you, you have to you love what you do. You can't, you can't force somebody to to do. I mean like I. Music was something I really enjoyed, and so, so, and I enjoyed performing and enjoyed the attention. Okay, <laughs> and then so, so it was something that that I I thought uh, appealed to me, and so it's that's why we're in this line, and the music that we do, I mean, is something that we feel uh, is worth promoting, mm-hmm. and to to you know we we are ambassadors of music, and and it's very important that you know you you do it to the best of your abilities and to with sincerity. You know, if you're doing it for just money and for for whatever reasons, then, then don't do then, it. Yeah, I agree then if it's with that. Not, if what you're saying, if it's not a passion for the music, mm-hmm. you just want to be famous or something, no, it's I the mean, wrong reason? It's, it's, it's okay. I mean, everybody wants to be famous. Not you know? everybody, no. <laughs> no I, I work on radio because I don't want to be famous. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but you are already no, but famous. I think you, yeah, you were already famous, <laughs> so you decided, okay, now I don't need to be famous. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think you, if you love the stuff, whatever it is, whether it's music or sports yeah. or whatever, business, if you love it, you go and do it and that's yeah. it. I think that's the, that's the important thing. I mean, back in the day, in our time, 
your time, you know, in days of nation building and our parents were concerned. Hey, I'm not that old. Well, yeah, <laughs> nation on. building. Well, you know, then you have to make that, the whole idea of having to, to find a job that pays your bills and rent. Mm-hmm. And, but these days, you don't have to worry about that. You know, I think the, there's so much disruption in, in, in the markets, mm-hmm. in, in economy, in, in ideas that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. These days, you don't need very much talent to be an influencer. Right. I, whatever that means, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I... Be very, very careful as a radio but <laughs> You presenter, are an influencer. An influencer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean those people who go on YouTube and sell yes, stuff. Yes, I know what um, you mean. And I, I, I think you don't need very much. You can do that. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that requires a special talent as well. So we're discovering that talent can come in many forms and can ooze out of many different corners, you know, and it's possible to do almost anything as long as you love it and you believe in it, just do it. I, I, think. I have an on- ongoing conversation with my son who's 16 years old Okay, and he wants to be a chicken rice uh, hawker. I hope he's going to be a very good <laughs> yes, chicken rice hawker. he loves hawker. chicken rice. And so I said, okay, well, I mean, if you really, really, really want to be a chicken rice, you know... Uh, Consider, he may be uh, the one with the Mercedes, you know, Jay. Of course. He, he wants to drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> and and with, with a good chicken rice stall, that That's may right. just be how yeah, he gets exactly. it. Yeah. I think, I think the, the owning the stall will be better than, and renting it out will be better than making um, selling the chicken rice. Because this, now this rental comes in at it's really ridiculous rates. Well... That's true. If he was a, be, a become a landlord, be a, a chicken rice stall landlord. Yeah, that's you right. You never know. I know that my favorite chicken rice stall guy does I, drive a Lamborghini. I, I, I know. I mean, I know people who open music schools. Okay, mm-hmm. not for the purpose of opening the music school, not for the purpose of teaching music. Okay, what they want to do, they they give very very cheap lessons, mm-hmm. and then. They'll, they'll have lots of numbers come in and then they'll go to the bank and say, look, I need, I need to expand, I need to buy the next unit. So then, so then the, the bank gives them the money and then mm-hmm. they set up another, another branch mm-hmm. and then they'll offer really cheap lessons and then they get the numbers in and they say, oh, look, I need another store. So it's a so cookie-cutter music yeah, school. Yeah, it's, but uh, nobody uh, benefits from it. I mean, except the, 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 the person who owns the place. Yeah. So that's doing it for the wrong purpose. I mean, to sure. me, I just feel that mm. it's if, uh, if we are, if this is a society, society is going to progress like that, this is, is wrong. I think yeah. what we need to do is encourage more talent and that's exactly why you're here. We've been talking about yesteryear and the last 25 years. Let's talk about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. On the 25th of March at the Esplanade is your next concert. That's what right. The Fugue. Your tribute to Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, tell us more about what we can 25th, This is our 25th anniversary, right? Right. Our last year was, and so we, we sort of extending the celebrations. 25 years is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, okay, a lot of marriages don't last that long yeah, these know, days, right? you know. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why it's a, it's a big deal. It's a four-way thing, and we've survived so many years. And I think the 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 thing to um, as as elder states people, we decided to sort of um, go back to to roots, um, to um, what classical music was about, and what um, a lot of classical musicians worship. Um, that and those are there. Um, and the the late string quartets of of Beethoven are the ones that. Um, are really sort of very important in in, in classical music. So we thought we'd just um, work on those, Mm -hmm. present those, but um, have um, paired up with modern stuff, different stuff, so that, you know, the audience gets a bit of everything. Yeah, this this concert is called What the Fugue because um, basically we're playing the the Grosser Fugue by by Beethoven. And uh, it's it's a fugue that's 
rather jarring and uh, you know it's uh, it's uh, not his usual stuff that people go no, to concerts well his for. late his late stuff I mean it's important because he's he's he almost went to a different plane I mean different a different place you know you can see his music is like heavenly at in, at some points and really really grounded and and really ugly or, or grotesque if you if you if you think about it and so he he was like almost like in two places he was mm-hmm. in hell heaven and yeah heaven and uh, hell you know uh, yeah. you, if you can be at two places at the same time but it's just amazing how somebody who can imagine such fantastic music has, was this at the point yeah. that he was already deaf yeah, yeah, oh, he was, yeah, yeah. was deaf very early in, yeah. in, you know, in his life. And so mm. this is, actually, when he started work on the late quartets, um, I think in 1825, he died in 1827. So mm. in his last six or seven quartets, mm-hmm. it was done in two years and he was dead. So he all that conflict with his health, with, with um, his nephew, who he had a very complex relationship with, mm-hmm. his sister-in-law, with his friends. He was getting deaf and people started hating him and all that sort of thing. So it was very complex. It, yeah, his music at that point was like, Unintelligible for for the audience, and re- yeah, Almost, because yeah, he, he couldn't hear himself. And some people are saying maybe he couldn't hear, so he was writing rubbish. But he could hear everything in the head. In his head, so he, everything was very advanced already. He 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 was pushing the boundaries. I mean, more than pushing the boundaries. Yeah. So I mean, to imagine, okay, the, a fugue just just so that some if people don't know what a fugue is, a fugue is a very a much more advanced version of a. A canon or a round, which is like you know, Farrah uh, Jacques da 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 da, and then another voice comes in. But a fugue becomes there's more. There are more changes. The the next line comes in more complex, and it, it just so much change and variation and turmoil and maybe peace. So it's it's kind of like um, you have one subject which which metamorphosizes into many many different different um, other forms. Parts and of the conversation. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. It becomes very interesting that way. So sometimes you have like ten voices talking at once, and then sometimes it's all in harmony. And so it's it's um, very very interesting for I think even for modern day audiences. In fact, audiences of his day felt that it was just rubbish. But then Stravinsky said that no, this is really. You know, in this century, in the last century, Stravinsky said, "Wow, this is contemporary Amazing. music, and, yeah. and it's still contemporary after two hundred years. It's still like very relevant in the twentieth century." I think it took a while for people to realize that Beethoven was a genius. Yeah, especially in these later works. Are there still tickets available to the concert? I think so. Yes, yeah. yes. So sell, please sell. <laughs> Go ahead, sell. Twenty fifth of March at the Esplanade. The concert is called what? The Fugue. Tickets are priced at. You don't tell me you don't know. Actually, actually, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Go we on to the cystic, cystic. cystic.com.sg, <laughs> all right? Because it's very important that you you have the, you know the the menu of um, ticket pricing in front of you, and then just so that you forget You're the such p- musicians, yes. you guys. You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> we used to, we used to know everything. We used to run everything, but right now we have a very very capable ma- capable management. Okay. Oh, I can answer. So. It's forty eight dollars. Forty eight. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. There you see, go. that's a very nice number yeah. as well. So the program is we begin with the old um, from J.S. Bach everybody knows Bach you mm-hmm. know and so he wrote a lot of fugues and his fugues are a lot simpler then we go on to Mozart um, who had a nice fugue as well he composed a few of those um, and then Beethoven and then in the second half of the concert um, we will do um, rather a modern piece um, by Benjamin Britten the uh, English composer yep. but also based on a very old form by another composer um, this form is called the Chacon which is sort of like also another vehicle for change so it's all about variations and change and and, and, and um, taking the old and 
looking to the future, a bit like check and I. Well, before I let you go, there's one more thing that I had to say. In 2006, I started working on one of my albums, and I invited you guys to collaborate on it because I wanted as many fantastic musicians, writers, engineers, everyone. You know, as many uh, as yeah, many collaborations, yep. mm-hmm. and. It was some of the most creative work that I'd ever done. It's, it's work that I, I'm most proud of. And it took three years, but eventually that album uh, got me the Compass Award for Artistic Excellence. So I wanted to personally thank you for your involvement because you inspired me so much. And it eventually led to quite a cool award for me. Huh? <laughs> so thank you so much for coming and talking to us on Money FM. I'm going to play that song so that people can hear what jazz and classical sounds like when they come together. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy the song. <laughs>